guys, thanks for joining us uh, on the Family Science Podcast. And this week we've got uh, Tad and Peter, the, the match directors for the Night Force ELR Steel Challenge nice. match. And we're going to go over that. And uh, so uh, Tad told I told Peter, this is my first year getting to shoot this match, and I'm super, super freaking stoked for it. But um, can y'all just start off telling us a little bit who y'all are and and, and a brief overview of the match, and we can kind of dive down into it. Sure. Uh, my name's Tad Anderson. Um, I, uh, shoot, eight years ago, um, started this match with uh, a ton of help, and actually it was, it was more Scott Satterley. I was just kind of riding along on his coattails um, and helped him write, uh, run this match for about six years. And then... Um, uh, he decided to go to Japan and pursue some other things. And, and since then he asked Pete and I to take over it for him. And, and here we are. So this is the second year Pete and I have ran it and the eighth year that the match has been going. Okay. And so, uh, Peter was telling me a little bit, so this is the second venue y'all are on, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. This is the second venue and it's the fourth year on this venue. So what 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 is this on? I guess I'm assuming someone's like family land or something like that. Yep, the landowner's name is Casey Tillard, and it's on the Tillard 55 Ranch, north of uh, Glen Rock, Wyoming. Okay. Um, and so from from my so I was, I was telling you, so I shoot a lot of PRS, um, and I, from what I can tell, this is at least stage-wise, somewhat similar to PRS, except that it's all prone and a lot further distance. That's somewhat yeah, a good simplification. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good simplification of it. Um, I haven't done the math this year to see what our average target distance, but it's usually around in the 11 to 1200 yard range average. 11 to 1200, okay. And so what's, what's the, can you give me like a, like the distances, like what what's do you think is probably the closest and, and farthest? Uh, the closest target is in the 700 yard range, and okay. then the first target's just over 2100. Just over 2100. 6% T Rex or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, was, I was working on the cores of fire earlier, and I think that's what it says. There's a, there's a 6%, a 10%, a 12%, and like a 15% T Rex. Yeah, none of that's been confirmed. That's just kind of average. I, I, I can appreciate the, the confidence in that scale, though. Um, okay, so so seven. So this and this is what really intrigued me. So like in a PR, do y'all shoot PRS or have y'all shot PRS? Yeah, yeah, we've both done that for I don't know, ten or twelve years, probably. Okay, so. Oh, wow. it, and that's, I guess that's what really intrigued me. You know, I shoot to, I don't know, I guess a thousand yards pretty regularly, but, uh, you know, shooting to, to double that is kind of a whole different ball game. So, how, I mean, what, how, how did y'all, how did y'all come? I know Scott was in, you know, involved early in this play. How did the, how did this come to be? So, I had just started shooting PRS a few years before, um, and I knew nothing about anything. And I was working for a ranch south of Casper, um, 
and the venue or the ranch that it worked at, I thought would be a great venue to have a match. And so at the time I'd contacted the, the precision rifle series and just said, Hey, you know, this is what I do. This is where I'm at. I want to, I want to hold some of these things. And they said, well, let's put you in contact with Scott Satterley. He's kind of the guy that's closest to your neighborhood. Um, and so they got me in touch with Scott and he came out and uh, we spent a few days together driving around the ranch and looking at it. And he was telling me about this match that he'd been kind of wanting to do, but there was never anywhere where he could do it. Um, and so we, we put this thing together and, and, uh, and it's, it is what it is now. Um, that's just kind of how it started. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay. So can you, can y'all kind of walk us like, walk us through like an example stage of what you know what that process is going to look like and how it's going to work you want that one tad or you want me to get it go for it i should maybe pull the course of fire up and look at it um so the stages are our dead target format so you get up to two rounds on each target and there's up to four targets on each stage um, if anybody shot NRL Hunter, this is, this is where that came from. You know, Scott, Scott was pretty involved with, with that league and standing it up. And, uh, this was something he had, he believed in and he, you know, kind of started with the ELR. But so the four targets on a stage, two and a half minutes, you engage them near to far. If you hit the tar first target on the first round, you're done shooting at it. If you miss it, you re-engage it. If, if you hit it, you get a lesser point value. It's two one scoring, so it's two points for the first round, one point for the second. Um, so if you miss it and you get on the second round, you get one point. If you miss it, you just move on to the next target. You're done shooting at that one. And then you would work your way through the entire four target array that same way, engaging each target with up to two rounds near to far. If you were to clean a stage, you would, you know, it would only take you four rounds to do it. Um, with it being, with the distances that we're dealing with, I mean, it, it's, it's really tough to stay on four targets between 12 and 1600. The wind, you know, a very small wind shades. Most of the targets are, are two MOA. Some of them are even a little better than that. Um, but even two minutes of wind at that kind of distance, you know, it doesn't take very much change in wind to push you off one side or the other. Right. Okay. And so do, do all of this, are all the stages four targets? Um, no, not all. There's several of them that are three targets. Um, let me pull it up here. Come on. My computer hates me today. <laughs> You're good. Oh, it's, it's been awful. I literally retyped the entire course of fire to get bigger sheets so we could display it on the uh, stages. Mm. And it, it went away. It died. <laughs> so now I got to type it again. <laughs> um, let's see. We have um, there's a kind of a unique tiebreaker. Scott used it for many years and we've just kept on with it, but 
instead of using a timed tiebreaker, like you see in the in the PRS type matches, um, we have a shot marker. And so oh, it's okay. set up about a thousand yards and you shoot a group through that shot marker. It's for score, but it, the, your group size is used instead of a time. So then in, in the event of a tie, the guy with a smaller group wins. Okay. Um, so that was one of my questions was, is there a tiebreaker? So how, how many, how many shots are we shooting for group? Well, it kind of depends. You have to have at least three. So okay. we have a confirmed target that you have, that you engage and you have to hit it. And basically the purpose of that is to um, ensure that you're not shooting the electronic gear. Gotcha. Really annoying. So one, the, the confirmed target and the score target are the same size, same distance. They're just displaced laterally slightly so that you can get on that target, make sure you got a good solid wind call, then you move to the to shooting your group. Um, I think that's an eight round stage. You get six rounds for score. Okay. So and the and they are for score. So you, you know, you don't want to just burn six and you know try to get the best group you the points will get you a higher place than that tiebreaker will obviously so you don't want to give up points okay so this is just a, an electron uh, i guess an electronic type type target that counts for it the is. yeah point. there's an actual steel target that you're engaging for point value but then your bullets pass it's just a few feet in front of that your bullets pass through the electronic measurer that measures your group size. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yep, that's so. Cool. They actually it, use the same thing, and they score whole bench rest matches off of these things, where they don't, you know, they don't do pasties anymore. They just shoot groups through the electronic screen. Huh. Okay. And it's so roughly at a thousand yards. Yeah. Uh, I, hold on. I can actually tell you. I've got it pulled up now. Uh, $9.99. $9.99. All right. Yeah. What? So, uh, I knew we, when we threw it out there, it was close to that, but Ted actually got a good measurement on it the other day. So. Okay. And what kind of, I mean, what kind of groups are, are do people, I mean, like generally put up or like, I guess what wins it or what have y'all seen? Um, I can actually look and tell you. Let me look at last year's results. Um, I did see, I was scrolling through them a couple of weeks ago because we were looking at some different things. And, and uh, I did see like a 3.48 inch group posted in there. Yeah. 2022 94 CLR Steel Challenge. Stage 21. Yeah, I got actually. I, there's a 1.9 inch group on here as well. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, and and there's they're actually like I'm scrolling through. There are uh, let's see, there are 214 entries here, but just scrolling through. Let's say people that scored five points or better on the stage. There are, I don't see a single group here. I see one group over 20 inches. Everything else is 14 inches or under. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. And this one inch, this one twenty inch group just happens to be that they got a, a good score on it. Um, on he used all the plate to get five <laughs> points because it's I think it's a twenty inch plate. So he got five hits on it. Wow. Okay. So, and uh, and okay, so you said so on average probably two minute targets. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's a few like that. That uh, T Rex stage is actually probably one of one of the smaller target stages in the match. Okay. And those targets, Tad and I actually were doping rifles for the S three match that we went to this last weekend, and we used that stage just to true some dope because it's fairly level and and they weren't 1200 yards we wanted to just shoot something inside of a grand and uh they're not very big that 700 yard target is not a minute okay <laughs> that's awesome okay and so uh so roughly what like 160 would be like a perfect score for the match yeah yes Okay. And well, so what, uh, what would, what, what, uh, on a, so we'll get into the team a little bit, but on like an individual level, what, what's, what's top score? Where's, uh, you know, where are people kind of ending up at? I'm looking right now. So last year we had pretty mild conditions. Um, I don't think we shot over maybe 12 miles an hour all weekend, which, wow. That third year at that venue, definitely the lightest winds we've ever seen. And the guy who won the individual shot 129 points. So what's that for a percentage out of 160? Very, very, uh, very sporty. Yeah, that's 80%, which is pretty, pretty impressive on targets to that distance. You know, with, with an average 11 to 1200 yard target, that's, yeah. that's good. Speed. And so, how does how do the how do the teams work for this? Because I looked at the scores a little bit from last year. You know, you know, a chunk of teams, you know, in the two hundreds ish. Uh, is that just combined score? I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah, it's just times two. They're shooting the same course of fire for both shooters, but they they pair fire it. So they'll okay. both the if there's a four target array, they'll both engage target one. Then they'll move and they'll both engage target two. And when you, when I say both, I mean first shooter one, then shooter two. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not just simultaneously sending rounds. The first shooter will work through his two engagements and then the second shooter will work through theirs. Okay. And I'm assuming they can communicate and everything on the clock. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that it would be they need to be. The guys that do the best <laughs> right. communicate well. Okay, and it is, so is there? Is, I'm assuming there's like a top team and top individual, and I know y'all have some other classes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's there's well, we have the uh, mill LEO, a lady, top youth, um, and then we have an open heavy, which is on basically an unlimited class, um, and then we have uh, light hunter. Which is sixteen pounds and under. Okay. So we wait. They enter based on their 
what they think. Most, you know, everybody weighs in when they show up for sign in and we double check their weight. So. Okay. And uh, so with the open, I mean, what kind of, what kind of guns, what kind of cartridges are people normally, or is it all over the board or is there kind of a common trend for this? Oh, there's a, there's quite a bit. There's, I mean, we had, we've had guys shooting dashers. We've had guys shooting uh, 375s and 300s and 416s. And I mean, it, it, you got a bunch of the really big guns, but I think Tad, Tad talked about this. Um, the 6.5 and the 7s kind of run the match. Wow. Okay. You know, there's less recoil to deal with. Mm. Not to say that the 300s don't do well. They can and they do. It just depends on who's shooting them. Just mainly just getting beat up over a weekend shooting really big rounds. Is that right. kind of okay? Yeah, I mean, man, shooting that many rounds out of a out of a long action magnum is, regardless of the break, more punishing than shooting that many rounds out of you know, a heavy gun and a, let's say a six, five or a seven, even a Magnum type round. Hmm. Okay. Not, not to say guys are flinching, but it does, it takes its toll physically on a person that, that amount of concussion and it's probably more the concussion than the recoil in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that makes sense. Uh, Cause that was one thing I, I, I went back and forth on a ton uh, for this match was what to shoot. Uh, what'd, you, what'd you land on? I'm bringing a 300 Norma. I think I got to ask him. The top open shooter might have been shooting a 300 Norma last year. Do you remember, Ted? I don't remember if it won it, but there, it seems like in the top 10, there's always a couple guys that are shooting it. Um, and in years past, I know that there's been guys that have won it with a 300 Norma. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that at least makes me feel a little better. I, uh, it was honestly yeah. between that and the 33XC. Um, the guy that's coming with me is bringing a 33XC. But, um, That'll be an interesting car. I don't know anybody that has shot a 33XC yet. I'm not saying they hasn't. They're just It's a cartridge that I haven't seen anybody shoot yet. So I'd be curious to see how that performs. Yeah, I, I am too. Uh, he's been... He's been messing with it for a few weeks, and I think he's got it pretty dialed in. So hopefully, hopefully it works out. Um, okay, and so are you seeing uh, like is there a lot of custom guns? I, I know AI is probably pretty big with you guys. Is there a lot of AIs or a lot of other factory guns out? It kind of runs the gamut. I mean. A, there's AI brings a team of shooters every year. So they're um, obviously those guys are shooting their rifles and there's a few others as well. But I mean, it's, it definitely all over. I mean, we, every custom action manufacturer that you've heard of is, is there and okay. several you haven't, I'm sure, you know, and then there's, there's also the, you know, you'll see the factory actions out there too. That's awesome. So we, okay. We talked a little bit earlier about that, about, you know, 
if this is a good match for a beginner and whether it is or it isn't, there's definitely some beginner guys out there with some beginner gear and, and, you know, and they're learning and that's, that's part of, part of their, their experience as well. You know, we talked earlier yeah. about that, you know, definitely wouldn't discourage a new guy from showing up because from a, from a skills slash gear management or, um, you know, technique, it's not terribly complicated of a match. You know, it definitely yeah. is knowing, knowing your dope and understanding all the different atmospherics and, you know, make, you know, it's, there's a, there's a big management part of, for the data end of it, but, and then also of course, reading wind. Right. But yeah, I guess it, it, overall fair, fairly simplistic. So, yeah. so to, for the, you know, people that are, newer or want to get into this match what's what what's some advice that you would give a first-time shooter for this match tab that's a good question <laughs> i don't know um, <laughs> practice shooting in the wind um, <laughs> practice your you know reading reading the wind at different <clears throat> excuse me various ranges um, try to, I, I mean, that, that's the, the thing that's going to win, win this match. You know, most people, they get their dope down where vertical is generally speaking, not at all a problem. Right. Um, but we shoot in gusty winds, um, and, and winds that guys have never shot in before, you know, everybody's shot in the wind to some degree, but not everybody has shot in 30 or 40 mile an hour sustained um with it gusting so yeah not to say that that's going to happen this year but it definitely has in the past yeah um you know we're right next to a wind farm if that's an indication of what to expect <laughs> yeah so it, it, that was one of the things so what kind of terrain are are we looking at i mean is it is it relatively flat or it's kind of kind of rolling terrain rolling prairie okay um no, no real major hills, but we are kind of right up next to a mountain range. I, I would just say that the Casper Mountain is probably, you know, 10 or 15 miles to the south, um, which kind of creates a wind funnel um, for sure. So um, the other thing that we do that's unique to this venue is is we shoot, I mean, it's probably close to a 270 degree course of fire. So you know, the first few stages, you might have a, a right to left. The next few stages, you might have somewhat of a headwind. The next few stages, you might have kind of a left to right. And maybe the last few stages, you might have somewhat of a tailwind. So um, you get all different varying degrees of, of angles out there. And it's not like a, a kind of a straight line range where you're going to be shooting a, a full value wind. It's going to be 10 miles an hour all day. Um, so it's always going to be the same hold on every single target. We don't have that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty unique that way. It's, it's truly test your abilities to, to check the wind. That's awesome. Are, are, do y'all like, is there, is there much panning, uh, within, within the stages? Um, not so much. We got a couple, couple stages that, you know, I guess I don't know what the, um, the whole, you know, how many degrees you're, you're traversing from one target to the next, mm -hmm. but it's probably no more than 10. Okay. Um, 
in some of the stages you can see probably a couple targets all in the same field of view. Okay. Um, so you're not, and it's, it's not, you know, you're not changing positions a ton. It's not shoot this target, move 50 yards to the right, shoot that target, move back 25 yards to the middle and shoot another target. We're, we're not doing anything like that. It's all field style prone, really kind of just simulates a, a hunting scenario um, for every stage. Okay. Awesome. And so, and are we, are we walking stage to stage? Yes. Yeah. We'll have, um, everybody will walk, uh, to the respective stages in the morning to start things off. And, uh, we do have a trolley that we'll have set up that will, we'll trolley our shuttle shooters back from kind of the North end of the course down to the South end of the course. Um, that would be, you know, that'd be a pretty big walk. Um, so we are providing that for people. Awesome. Um, you're walking, you know, at no more at any given time would you walk more than a couple hundred yards to a stage. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, um, that's not bad. They're all. most, they're mostly pretty close, 75 yards mostly. Some of them are even closer. We've got a couple spots where stages are, you know, 20, 30 yards apart. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I was one, <laughs> the guy that's, that's coming with me. He, he almost brought a 408 tag, but it, it weighs like 40 pounds and he, didn't want to huck it around everywhere that he then the ammo weighs another hundred. Uh, then the ammo weighs another hundred. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda I'm kinda glad he decided against that one. That just would have been a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. so when it when is the the course of fire going out for the match? This afternoon. I'm working on it right now while we're talking. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, it's been it's been written for quite a while, but um, putting it in a format um, that's easy for people to print and take a bunch of paper and that kind of thing, and also um, we'll have it posted on each stage. So, I mean, if you if you you know if you look at it in the email and you're like, okay, whatever, you won't even have to have a copy with you at the match. It'll be posted. There's ROs on every stage that will you know get you up to speed if you. Um, you know, if, if for some reason you, you're missing some kind some detail, one thing that we do, and this is something Scott started, you know, Scott understood time management for a match and how, if you stop and give a 20 to 30 minute brief, find targets, range targets to every squad, it Mm -hmm. adds a lot of time to the day. So the way this match has run since he started it is you shoot and you move. So when you're done with the stage, you get your brass gathered, you get your gear picked up, whatever, and you go to the next stage right now. You don't wait for your squad because there's still half a dozen guys still shooting that stage when you roll up behind them. Yeah. You know, this is what we do anyway. If you're shooting a PRS match, nobody wants to go first. You know, you want to watch somebody shoot it. You want to watch when you want to, you want to, uh, you know, practice getting your targets, your, uh, landmarks and such for target location all of that you don't want to go first you want to kind of get in that little mindset of here's target one here's target two and and, you know your transitions are clean and no one is first the only guys that are first are the ones that shoot the stages first thing in the morning and after that this the stage brief is you watching the half a dozen guys in front of you shoot it okay that's, so and it saves, yeah. a, saves a ton of time. Obviously, we're not going to leave anybody hanging. If, if you have questions that need answered um, from right. the RO, 
when it is your turn to shoot, but you know, pay attention. They've probably been asked six times before you got there. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Cause so in how many, do you, three, 300 something, right. Shooters for this match. Yeah. There's 290 registrations, 37 of those are teams. So we're right at 328 shooters. That's nuts. I mean, that's, that's by, by far going to be the biggest match that I've shot. I think the next closest is like just over 200, which I thought was a big match. And it is honestly, this is the biggest. Tad and I were actually talking about this on the way home yesterday. Like this is the biggest this match has been in the eight years that it's been going. Um, That's Ted, so cool. you, you, Ted was, Ted's been with it since the very beginning. How many guys were at the very first one? Do you remember? Very first one, there was like, I don't know, 60, 80. <laughs> but it's grown every year since um, then. Yeah, it's like like anything, you know, when it's new, trying to get the word out, um, you know, it becomes kind of a struggle and, and uh, just has grown and grown exponentially. And I think it's it's really grown just because of its uniqueness with the distances that, that people don't normally get to shoot. Right. You know, like... Um, the match that Pete and I just went to this weekend, the longest target was like 1,100 yards, I think. Um, yeah. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. It's just that's a standard match. You know, most of your targets are inside of 700 yards. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this one is is not. Our, our, our longest target's just over 2,100. So um, a lot of guys have never shot that far. And, and it's fun to do. It's fun to try it out. And, that's, we've got a great place to do it. That's cool. And I think that is kind of part of the allure of the match is, you know, there's not that many matches, just a handful in the country that will that shoot to those kind of distances. And when guys are, you know, especially guys that are maybe just getting started, you know, that's, that's quite a, it's pretty tempting to go to, a, you know, go to an event that you're going to shoot at targets that are, you know, a mile and a half away. Right. Yeah. And so let me, so, I mean, this is just you know, curiosity's sake. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're going 2100 something, uh, but, you know, some of these uh, uh, ELR matches are, you know, are getting to three and 4,000 yards and, you know, some of this insanity. What, uh, any plans to go further than what y'all do or, uh, you happy with 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 that or i mean what's your thoughts on on that you know um yeah. I, I would say right now we don't necessarily have plans to go further but there's no reason we couldn't yeah and i, I was just curious i mean that's uh i think you start getting into a whole different can of worms going to those distances but um mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that is dictated by you know, who, what do the competitors, you know, if the industry starts tilting a certain direction and, and engagements at that distance are what people want to shoot at, then, you know, that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of with Tad. I mean, I don't think there's any need to, at the, at the point, we have got 300 plus shooters that want to shoot it the way it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously y'all are doing something right. Uh, and it sold out what like 20 something hours 26 yeah yeah it, it, it went like immediately i i uh 
registration open up, you know, um, seven o'clock in the morning on February 1st and nine o'clock next morning it sold out. <laughs> and yeah, it was no, like that's, we had 200 plus shooters in the first eight hours. I mean, it, it went really quick. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I think I registered, I think within a couple hours. And, and I was shocked at how many spots were already taken. Yeah. I, so, uh, I had a little glitch in my setup with practice score that allowed guys to register without paying. <laughs> it took me seven minutes to correct it. And 78 guys registered in those seven minutes. <laughs> uh, that's a little bit of money to collect. Well, I mean, it, it all worked out. I mean, nobody, it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. All those guys went back and paid, I think all but maybe one or two of them in the first day. So yeah. it wasn't an issue, but you know, it was just, you had that, oh shit moment where you're like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> so tell, tell me about this unicorn challenge that I keep hearing people talk about seeing y'all <laughs> post about. So uh, the unicorn is, um, I mean, it's just that it's a, it's a unicorn target. Um, Scott wanted to do something, you know, Scott's military career was primarily in special forces and he wanted to do something to commemorate those guys. And, and uh, so he set up this unicorn challenge where the distance to the target is significant to the special forces as far as the year when it was kind of, kind of began. Um, and it's uh it's a charity shoot. So we, it's $20 for 10 rounds and you can buy in as many times as you'd like. Um, it, there's no limit uh, other than your pocketbook and how many rounds you brought. And the winner of the match wins a V42 stiletto knife that was custom made by Mike, Michael Fuhrer and uh, which was also the knife that the special forces um, was issued when they were first, first kind of around. That's and cool. uh, then we donate donate half half of the proceeds to the special forces scholarship fund, and then the other half uh, the winner will get to go home with. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and it sounds like being a unicorn that it would be an easy target to shoot, um, but the the target is not that easy just because of its shape. Um, it's kind of rearing up, so it's not a think of it as, as a rectangle that's rearing back. So it's, yeah not that wide it's not it's not that tall um it's it's actually kind of a small target to shoot at if you think about it yeah i saw the post y'all put on the facebook page and it instantly pissed me off i was <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this yeah our work here is done yeah no i mean i'm looking for it but i was like that is not an easy target yeah there you'd think it'd be pretty easy especially when you're shooting at it you know, looking at it through your scope, you're like, man, that's kind of a good sized target, but it's only about any vertical part of it. You're only about 18 or 20 inches wide. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not that, that big. So it's, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. I, I, I saw, I said, I, I probably looked at that picture for two or three minutes trying to figure out where the widest part of the target was. And I <laughs> just accepted that it all, it all was going to, suck to try to hit so just, just embrace the suck yeah. the good news 
the good news is, is when you figure it out on your first 10 rounds, we'll let you buy in another 10 exactly. rounds. Exactly. How, uh, how many hits does, it usually, does the winner usually end up at? I don't honestly remember. Do you, Ted? That's, that's a good question. It varies from year to year. Um, there was one year where there's a pretty good uh, um, grudge match competition going between two or three guys. <laughs> And uh, they they just were standing there watching each other, and you know one guy'd buy in and he'd get two or three more hits, and dad gun it. So the other guy'd sit down and spend another twenty bucks, he'd get two or three more hits, and it just went back and forth till dark, nearly dark. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to say that those guys that year, I want to say there was thirty or forty hits on it. But um, I would say it seems like last year there wasn't quite as many many, maybe like ten or fifteen. Um, I don't know if guys didn't realize last year that they could buy in more than once or I'm not real sure, but uh, it didn't seem like the round count was quite that high last year on it. Okay. So, but I mean, I, I'm assuming you, you're doing pretty good if you hit it more than once. I think, you know, I'm, I want to say there's been guys that have probably hit it eight or nine times out of 10 before. Dang. Okay. Yeah. All but right, then somebody well, will buy in, you know, a hundred bucks worth and over the course of the afternoon and eight or nine doesn't necessarily add up to winning it. It's really good performance. Wow. All right. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it. Uh, okay. So also, so Friday, uh, you mentioned, so apply ballistics is going to be there with the mobile lab. Uh, how does, how does that process work? Do we do you sign up ahead of time? Does it cost money? Uh, what's that look like? That's uh, it's a first come first serve. They have done it different ways on different years, but this year they're going to start uh, nine o'clock uh, on signing day on Friday. Okay, and um, it'll be first come first serve. So. And, and they, so they move that, pretty quick. Does that mean just just you, show up? You and, do it when it, your spot line, or there's only a limited amount of people that they're doing, or no? It'll they'll run and they'll they'll try to get everyone through. Um, what they'll they'll have a sign up sheet, and uh, you know you'll you'll sign up, and then they'll call you when it's your time. Gotcha. Can you do more than one rifle? I think the answer is yes, but I think they. They want you to do do one and then take another place in line so they can get through guys that only get one rifle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was curious because I was thinking about bringing another rifle to get a PDM for. Uh, I think they always. Tad, do you remember? I. I think that's fine, but like you say, I think it's you know shoot one rifle and then get back in line. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. That's fine. I think last year, last year they did over 90 PDMs. Dang. Um, yeah, they were busy. And that, that was the most they've done out of any of their, their uh, events where they've, they've offered that for people. Okay. And is it what you, you lay down and shoot? Is it five rounds, 10 rounds, and they just put it all together? You know, I'm not sure how they do it. I'm not sure how they do it. I know that you're welcome to shoot your rifle or you can just drop your rifle off with them and they'll shoot it. Um, 
but I don't, I honestly, I don't know the, the process behind it. I've never had time to go do it. So I watched gotcha. it a little bit last year and I know they're looking for, they want to make sure that they get X number of rounds with that. The radar catches it and gets good signal all the way to termination. So okay. if they lose one or something happens or whatever, and they don't, they may have you shoot more, a couple more in order to get the proper number of rounds. Okay. So I can't, I can't remember what that number is though, Ted, do you remember it all? I don't, I don't know. I did not. I walked down there, but there was so much stuff going on. I didn't watch it long enough. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm, su I'm super looking forward to that. I think it'll be, and, and then so do, I, do they put out the PDMs like that evening and you just download it? You can they, it I think match. give them to you right then. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they're available once you're done. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm working my way through the list. Uh, silencers is, is primarily brakes, primarily cans. What are people doing? Primarily I think on this match, you see primarily brakes um, just because guys are bringing the bigger guns. Okay. Um, I think you're probably going to see the primarily uh, suppressed on the teams just because it's it's nicer being a team shooter to shoot a suppressed rifle versus a bro broke rifle. Um, but that's not, I mean, doesn't mean guys aren't going to do it. So, um, but because of the bigger, bigger guns, you, you're going to see mostly breaks. Okay. Um, and what about spotting equipment? Um, like when you're, you know, like when you walk up to a stage looking for targets and watching other guys, I mean, are, are mainly spotting scopes or people bring binoculars or uh, to help to have something with a reticle? Or you definitely see both. You definitely see both. Um, I think if you're going to get away with, or try to get away with just binoculars, um, you know, at least the 12 power binoculars is going to be, I think, kind of a minimum. Okay. Um, tens would probably be all right. You could probably get get away with it, but but I would say at least at least twelves, fifteens would probably be nice. But if you're going to go with fifteens, you better bring a tripod to put them on. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of guys, almost everybody's bringing a bringing a spotting scope these days, um, and those definitely help. As far as having a reticle in the scope, I don't. I don't see it being a big advantage just because I don't know if, you know, the guy that's shooting, you don't know what he's holding for wind. So what good is it for me to say or to find out, you know, that he shot a mill left? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what he's holding. So, um, I don't, all the ranges are given, so you don't need to like mill any targets. So you don't need any kind of reticles for that. Okay. Um, and sometimes, you know, reticles are nice, but I think sometimes they just kind of muddy up the field of view. And and if you're trying to read read winds over, you know, several distances, maybe if you're good at it, I'm not. But I, I think some guys are probably good enough at it that the extra stuff in the scope might kind of muddy it up. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, any movers? One. There yep. is a mover. Yep, there will be one this year. Okay. Yep. I think we've had every, every year that it's well almost every year maybe seven of the eight years okay 
Uh, yeah, I think we've had one every year. Will, Did they bring will, one down uh, the first year too? Well, we've had the first first couple of years we had the in motion movers. Okay. And then, and then when when your mover came available, Pete, that's when we we switched over and started using that one. Yeah, Scott bought one of the early ones for that match, I guess. Yeah, I think it was. Okay. It will will the I guess will the the speed be given or figure it out on your own or how does that work? Yeah, it'll be given, but it should be right at three miles an hour. Okay. So we've got a remote, so if we hear you talking shit, we'll just speed it up on your way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll 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 make it sound like someone else is talking shit. Definitely, definitely not. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, Peter, you, before before tag on, you're saying y'all md a lot of matches. What's what's it like putting on a match this size, this you know, this many people, that kind of distance? I mean, obviously, it's got to be a tremendous amount of work. But I mean, like, when do y'all start working on this? And I mean, basically, much- right, <laughs> we start working at on it on uh, the day after the this one quits. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as we pick up the last water bottle, we're already working on the next year's. That's yeah. awesome. It's been, this one is, I mean, this will be the biggest year and the biggest match for me. Um, you know, Tad and I have run this. We Tad's been part of it since day one and me for, for the last six years. And it's always been a big match. You know, this is the biggest year, but it's it's still... You know, I'm not sure if there's a huge difference between, you know, 240 and 330 as far as logistically, it's just a lot of people. Right. You know, we are going to, and Tad and I've talked about this a bunch. I mean, with this amount of people, we've always, we've always gotten this match wrapped up, you know, in a really good amount of time considering the, the head count. But okay. adding adding the people that we've added this year, you know, we've we've we're aware of the fact that it, you know, we're going to have to be cognizant of keeping people moving, you know, the keeping on top of you know, getting guys to move to the next stage and getting people shuttled to the next shooting area when they're done and back and so on, and you know, fed in a timely fashion. In years past, you know, we, we've done a few things just to to help with flow and to make sure that we don't have um this is something that tad and i both i mean tad's i say i've run a lot of matches but tad and i've probably run most of them together um okay you know he he uh we work the heart mountain challenge every year in cody it's it's my hometown but you know tad's been there every year it's been it's gone on and and he runs half the match on that too because we have separate courses that are separated by a little over a mile and so having someone on each side that can you know make make good judgment calls and and run things you know tad's been you know we we kind of do the same thing at the elr you know it's always well you know whatever he does or whatever i do that's the way it's going to be you know we've worked together we've worked together long enough that 
but kind of have a similar thought process on how things should go anyway. Um, okay. So, how how long does it, it take y'all to like put everything up and well the, the steel cool. stays. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of maintenance that gets done every year to make sure that we have minimal target failures, but the steel does stay. So when we get done, oh, what, what was the last year? It was almost dark, wasn't it, Ted, when we got done last year? Yeah, we got done right at dark. Um, by the time we got all the lights taken down and everything picked up, cleaned up, stage markers down. Um, the only way you could really tell that we were there was that the grass was knocked down. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, and 300 so, shooters with cars is a lot. Yeah. A lot of traffic. So how would you, I know we, we've, we've talked about a little bit about it, but if you, how would you say just overall, you know, dif difficulty of this match compared to maybe, you know, other shooting disciplines or, you know, other precision rifle type matches um, what would you think it's kind of a it's a little bit of a loaded question because there's when it comes to you know it's an ELR match right there there are things in this match that are more difficult than anything else you will shoot anywhere in the country yep. any but you look at from a technical standpoint it's a really simple match Okay. You know, so there's it's a balance you know you don't have a lot of people timing out but they miss more targets than they miss every anywhere else okay is it what's the time limit for the stages i think we're two and a half on uh individuals and four minutes on teams okay that's not bad it's it's generous i mean there's really no Right. Um, really no reason to, um, you know, you shouldn't be timing out. It's one position in the prone, two and a half minutes, but it's also, from a from a wheeling standpoint, it's pretty technical. Okay. So what, what mistakes do you see people generally making at the match? There's 300 guys. They make them all. <laughs> Every, everything yeah if you've seen it above. if you've seen the mistake that it gets made okay uh okay so how about how about uh like your favorite funny story that you've seen <laughs> we can't say that <laughs> can't think funny of a funny story, story that, I can't, that i won't get in trouble for uh <laughs> You're thinking of the same one I am. I'm not, yeah, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's always um, a social event. And so there's a lot of banter and shit talking and that kind of thing going on, which, you know, that's, to be honest, that for me anyway, if you took that out of the sport, I'd quit doing it. It wouldn't be fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think I think the funnest thing about getting to do all this stuff is, I mean, I've made friends from all over the country and talking shit and giving each other a hard time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the best. Yeah, there's there's nothing like laying down and 
and making one hit on a stage and the guy that you just met five minutes ago is making you feel pretty terrible about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it all works out and you give it back to him. And I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, so obviously night force is, is a huge part of this. Um, what other, uh, you know, who are some of your other, like, you know, bigger sponsors? You got the list there. Night force has been, uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but night force has been the, the title sponsor since its inception. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they give just a ton of support, not just, not just prize table stuff, but they, they, you know, they send out six guys. They're sending out five guys or five people this year. Um, last year, I think it was like six just to, you know, for a, a week. Um, we had these guys at our disposal to, to help get things set up and, and to work through the match. And, oh, wow. And, I, you know, that's, that's a huge commitment on their end. And it's, it's, we couldn't do it without them. I mean, that's a, a bunch of extra help that, that we got to have. Yeah. Um, AI has always been a big sponsor. Um, Barrett's been a big sponsor. Defiance in years past has been a big sponsor. Um, you know, in my opinion, really, there isn't one sponsor bigger than the others because they all contribute something that's that without it we couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I know that's... it sounds like I'm probably sucking up to everybody, but but I mean, it's kind of true. You know, it's where some guys put in a little bit more, maybe on a prize table, other guys maybe put out more support, um, whether it's marketing or, you know, what, whatever the case may be. Yeah. No, that's, that's super cool. And so, I mean, is, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm sure some people donate cash or, you know, funds, other people for, you know, items for the prize table. Um, Anything else? Uh, Mile High bought dinner this meals. Oh heck yeah! yeah Mile High Very bought cool. dinner. Those guys yeah. are awesome. Yeah, they they jumped in. They, I think, I mean, they've always been part of the match, but I think this is probably the biggest involvement we've had from them. Okay. Yeah. This year, Pete and I bought bought some beer for everybody to drink <laughs> Saturday night. Yeah, I knew I liked y'all for some reason. <laughs> I don't even like beer, you fuckers. <laughs> uh, okay, so is it? Uh, so is there an event or like dinner or something Saturday night as well? Yeah. So yeah. We, so Saturday after we wrap things up for the day, we'll we'll meet in Glenrock Town Park where we normally have the the awards. Okay. And we're gonna have um, Brad Jones is gonna bring us this smoker out there and he's going to have some food for us at dinner and we'll have some horseshoes and dinner and we'll do a couple announcements. Like we'll, we'll announce the ROs cause the ROs will get a shoot to match. Okay. So we'll, we'll, uh, announce the RO shoot and who won that and you know, whatever, whatever else and just kind of have a kind of the, the, the feel that you would have at the normal awards without the rush of shit. Now I got an eight hour drive home. I gotcha. Um, give these guys some time to, to kind of hang out a little bit and, and enjoy the company. You know, a lot of these guys don't get to see each other except for at these matches and they might only see each other, you know, once or twice a year, if that. So yeah. 
try to give these guys every bit bit of of chance to do that as we can. That's awesome. Uh, okay, and then and then wrap up Sunday. Have the I guess the rest of the awards and yeah, okay. Sunday would be a lot quicker yeah. and simpler. There's a lot of stuff to work through anyway, so getting doing the dinner and the beer and everything nobody's going anywhere saturday night right they're going to the hotel or they're going to the camper or wherever they're going but they're not leaving so you can take as much time as you want but the you know sunday night we try to work through that stuff as quickly as possible so the guys can get on the road okay well awesome um well that's i have one question we'll we'll, and you know wrap up is there anything else that y'all want to get out there that you want people to know about or Ted? <laughs> no just i mean show up have a good time it's you know we do it's a lot of work but every year we look back at it and you know it's something i'm kind of proud of and we enjoy really enjoy having everyone out there so you know enjoy it please it's it you know it's it's there to have fun you know this don't take it too seriously yeah oh and one other thing that that i wanted to mention that um just to let let people you know be aware of it we are we do have another side match every year we we have a little 22 match um and again we're going to do that uh, we've got another zermatt arms 22 that will have a stage and it'll be available on friday all day during the sign-in and um Free to shoot, doesn't cost any money. We provide the ammo. Uh, so come on out and shoot that. And I think the winner gets a certificate for a, for an action there. It might be a barreled action, I don't recall. But. That's awesome. So Unicorn and 22 stage. Yes. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, well, I will say, uh, I mean, like I said, it's my first year, but this is probably the match I've been looking forward to the most all year. So um, y'all's reputation is is very good, and I'm very uh, – I'm really excited to get there and uh, take a whack at it. So well, – I appreciate it's it. It's a good time. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Well, awesome. Well, um, so – I'm going to start something new and y'all are going to be my guinea pigs, but y'all, y'all need, or I'm going to ask y'all to nominate someone uh, to be on the show next. So who would y'all recommend to have Mm. on the podcast? You want it to relate to anything and everything or the ELR or what's your. Uh, The shooting, the shooting industry. Uh, Outside of that, I really don't care. Someone that you think uh, is interesting or has knowledge worth sharing or funny or what, whatever the case may be. Chris Davis. Chris Davis. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. We talked a little bit about WPR earlier. I was trying to think of somebody who's, you know, Chris, Chris is super involved with that. Um, handles a ton of the prize table stuff for them and he's just like he's been a, a true ambassador to that league to the sport in general i mean on every level he supports he supports prize tables he's also one of the mds for the krg elr match okay 
So actually, maybe it makes sense. Chris Davis and Brett Dorland, they worked that match together. What was the second name? Brett Dorland. Can you, can you spell that last name for me? D-O-R-L-A-N-D. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Chad, uh, do you think of anybody else? I mean, that popped into my head because they ran an ELR match. Yeah. Um, man, there's just so many people that are worth talking to and having on the show. It's hard to, yeah. to pick any one. Well, and to be honest, it's a newer podcast, so uh, I don't ha I haven't had a ton of guests on yet. So I'm I'm open getting to talk to people from all different parts of this. You know, this industry is so much fun. Um, so I will. I, Whoever you think, it, I'm totally happy with it. You know, another one that they're just just good people in general, um, and because they've been super helpful, is any of the guys from Night Force, whether it's Deegan Bowman or, or Tim Watkins, any of those guys would be be good to talk with too. Yeah, Tim Watkins. What was that? What was that first name again? Deegan Bowman or Bowen. Okay. He'll probably introduce you at the at the match if you want to. He'll be he'll be one of the yeah, guys. Yeah, he'll be at the match. Okay, yeah, I I don't I don't know these gentlemen, so I'll probably reach out to y'all. Um, you know, get in contact with them, but I definitely appreciate it. Well, awesome guys. Well, um, anything else that y'all want to cover? Drink all the beer because we don't want to take it home. <laughs> Twist my arm. Drink 20s and extra ammo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, I think uh, I'm, I think I'm bringing like 220 rounds or something like that. Yeah, you're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a, a little hectic to get this uh, ammo dialed in. Oh, really? Well, just yeah, I've been shooting so many other matches, right? And customers' ammo and just different stuff. Just it's been a. I mean, I, I finished my load development Saturday, so it's a uh, fresh ammo. Yeah, fresh ammo is the best ammo. Oh, here. But, uh, well, awesome, guys. Well, I, I sincerely appreciate it. I look forward to uh, meeting y'all at the match. Um, I'm going to get some certificates printed up. Um, can I just bring them to you? Can I just meet y'all at check-in or something and get them to you for the prize table? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and thanks for everything y'all have done. And uh, we'll see you uh, Friday. Awesome. I'll have the cores of fire out Okay. Awesome. Well, that sounds good. Well, if y'all need anything, holler and uh, otherwise I'll plan on seeing you probably midday Friday. Appreciate it. Yeah, sounds awesome. Good. Thanks, guys. See ya. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.